Welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it so that we're the star or something like that. So tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this has been brought to you and inspired by someone who, if you've been around long enough or follow me online, you know that I follow. And yeah, the whole like platform and idea of a podcast came from them. So I will let them introduce themselves, but here everyone, or for everyone's listening pleasure tonight is Sarah Nicholas. Hi. Hey. hey. Um, So you want me to tell people a little bit about myself? Yes, because I found it so much better when other people do it for themselves. (laughs) Yeah, so I am an author. I write young adults and romance under a different name. And I have a couple books published with each of those. I am the agent liaison and the board treasurer for Pitch Wars. I've been a Pitch Wars mentor since 2012, which was the first year. And I uh, have a YouTube show called Pub Talk Live, where we talk about all aspects of the publishing industry. And then I have another YouTube show called Agent Chat Live, where I interview literary agents about um, just to help potential clients get to know them a little bit better. And then I also have a podcast called Queries, Qualms, and Quirks that asks published authors to share their successful query letter and talk about their uh, publication journey from first spark to day of publication. And I also write for Book Riot, which is the largest book independent book news website in North America. And then as my day job, <laughs> I'm a library event planner. So yeah, I'm pretty much very much immersed in the book industry. Don't forget you're like a judge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I am a judge for the audiobook awards. I, at least I have been the last two years. Um, and I've judged a couple like smaller regional contests and stuff too. So everyone, if you're into writing or the writing world, Sarah has done, it sounds like everything except for illustrating. Yeah, I actually have been a cover designer. Um, oh, and never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't illustrate, though. I only do photo manipulation. That's a different skill. I did forget to mention, though, I put together the virtual bookish events newsletter every week, um, which goes out every week with all the virtual book and author events that I can find. Um, and it has about 2,000 subscribers. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll hear crossover references there too if you subscribe, follow, newsletter, all that stuff <laughs> at sarahnicholas.com, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sarah yeah. with an H, Nicholas with no H. <laughs> Which is the most catchy thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see it when you read the descriptions or see the episode title, however, I decide to do it. Uh, World, but yeah. So obviously, Sarah's a writer, but something even I don't know, what inspired you to start writing? Yeah, so I I liked, I loved books when I was a kid. Um, my family, uh, my family's, you know, blue collar. Um, they did not read at all, my parents. I mean, uh, my grandmother was into books, though, and I spent every summer with her. And she had like the entire Hardy Boys collection, the entire, um, uh, oh my gosh, Nancy Drew connection collection. So I read all those. And then my grandma would also take us, my grandma was a, um, a news carrier. I mean, a mail carrier and she only got one day off a week. And so that one day she would take us into the town. Cause this was a very, very rural area. Like 
they didn't have an address. They had a roll route number, you know? What? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Um, I don't know. It's just like a designation that the post office gives you. Like, oh, you don't have an address, but we have to give people a way to find you. Um, yeah. I didn't even know that was legal. I thought you okay. everyone needed an address. It's weird. I guess it's, I don't know. It's like treated like an ac- address. It's almost technically like an address, but it's not really an address. Uh, yeah, so she would take us into town um, every week, and they would let me check out, like, the max number of books. I think it was, like, 10. We could only check out 10 books or whatever, so I would check them out. And then I would read them all before the week was over, and so I had to reread some of them. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like, writing short stories and stuff. But then when I was in high school, something weird happened. I'm also very good at math, like, um, I enjoy math. I enjoy doing math and I'm good at it. And so I got pushed pretty hard in that direction by everyone, you know, teachers, family. Um, I was a first generation college student. So there was a lot of pressure on me to choose a career that would make me a lot of money um, because, you know, I did well on the, all these tests. And then, so I was like this smart kid and, and any smart kid in a poor family can tell you kind of the pressures that were involved there. Uh, yeah. So I kind of let writing fall by the wayside. And I, um, when I went to school, I became a mechanical engineering major. And I had wanted to do math because I really like math, but I did not want to be a math teacher, (laughs) which I think (laughs) is like all you can do is like a bachelor's in math. And I didn't want to go to school for a long time. Yeah, that's true, actually. I always think it's only psych people. And like history majors, <laughs> but no, you're probably right. Math too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did mechanical engineering. I love the coursework. Um, I love the problem solving aspect of it. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Excel. And so you, people don't know this, but mechanical engineers use Excel all the time. Um, and then I started working in the, in the industry and I hated it, <laughs> <laughs> but I was a project engineer. And so I would go place. They like send me places for a couple of months where I didn't know anyone, uh, and that's actually when I started writing again because I was basically just in a hotel room, and after work and on the weekends I I didn't have much to do, uh, and so that's when I started writing again and I really enjoyed it. Part of it, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but um, exclusive <laughs> with all the shows you have, I'm surprised yeah. it exists. Um, I started listening to audiobooks. So a lot of people didn't realize this. I didn't realize this wasn't common knowledge, but Cracker Barrel rented audiobooks. I don't know if they still do. They might still do it. So what? you would, yeah. <laughs> so you would go into a Cracker Barrel and they would have a couple of racks next to the registers of audiobooks. And then you pay the full amount of the purchase price for the audiobook. But then when you return it, they refund the amount minus like a weekly rental fee. Oh. And you, yeah. So you could rec- return it to any, any Cracker Barrel. Uh, and so it's really useful for people to spend a lot of time on the road. Like I did because you could rent in one state and return in another state. And uh, so I, I started listening to audiobooks then. And I listened to the twilight audiobook. <sighs> yeah. And I got really into it. <laughs> and that was when I was like, you know what? I think I could write something like this. Um, 
And it took me a while before I started writing novels. Actually, I started writing short stories, which I'm not good at. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I guess I thought it was easier. But uh, this group that I was in in New York, they invited me to like, it, so there was like this general group that anyone could come to. It was like a meetup basically. And then I found out later that there's like a secret like elite group <laughs> where they're like, Oh, um, you know, we think you're a good writer. Do you want to join us? And, um, and then they were also the municipal municipal liaisons for NaNoWriMo for that area. And they told me about NaNoWriMo and, and invited me to participate. And I did not think I could write a novel. Um, but I finished it. It was like 22 days or something. I had finished the 50,000 words. And since then I was hooked, <laughs> Wow, I did not know that you were a nano winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That book will never see the light of day, though. <laughs> That's a terrible book. <laughs> because it was a written like Twilight? Uh... I don't think so, no. <laughs> it didn't know what it was. It, I, it's like, it would have been probably New Adult, but of course I didn't know. No one knew what New Adult was in. That was before we were really having that conversation. And it was like... I I guess my heart was drawing me towards YA, but I was like, I'm an adult. I should write adult books. And so I landed somewhere in the middle. It wasn't good. You know, I've been having that feeling a lot lately as well, because as I know, you know, listeners, you might not know, I dabble in writing as well. But other people that will be on the show eventually, uh, <laughs> they're always telling me, like, because you work in schools, you have such a young voice and you don't, in the nicest way I say it, like, <laughs> I don't speak like a professional. So <laughs> my voice is not like appealing to adult or audiences unless they're mm. like dead tired, burned out, and they're just trying to look at something simple. Like when I watch My Little Pony, like when I'm just dead tired, I'm like, I need something simple. It's like Arthur, My Little Pony. Did you just compare your voice to My Little Pony? <laughs> That's great. I mean, sure. <laughs> I would, I don't hate that actually. I compare my voice would say mostly to Totally Spies. I don't know if you mm. watched that, but Mm-mm. oh, okay. So it was like I'm this aware of it though. French yeah. show, yeah, about the spies. They were just like valley girls going on the world, doing their weeping <laughs> thing. But yeah, so wow, I really didn't know that you were just all up and around. I knew you yeah. worked as like a project manager, but or like some engineer type person. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know you were with a person that they sent places. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I was young and I didn't have children and I wasn't married. So um, in fact, the reason why I was in New York is it was a really quick turnaround project. Like they asked me on Thursday if I could go to central New York for an unspecified amount of time. And I left on Monday. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what is central New York in their eyes? Syracuse. Syracuse is central New York. That's okay. The area that I was in. Depending on where you're from in New York, the geography of New York titles change. Mm-hmm. Like I know half the island. So I'm from Long Island, people, and half the island fights over what's upstate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything other than the city is upstate to some. And then my mom's yeah. like, no, there's like a hard line somewhere. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, that so before I lived there, well, I say lived there. I lived there for like three months. Um I called it upstate New York, but then I, when I moved there, people were like, no, it's central New York. I don't even know where Syracuse is. Is it by Watertown? I don't, it's Finger Lakes. It's in the Finger Lakes. So it, it's probably, oh, so it's Wester. It's by Canada. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Aren't the Finger Lakes by Canada? Whatever, people. 
I didn't go into geography. I went into psychology. <laughs> so, so when I had a friend from college who lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, we always called it Erie Pa. And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was just like a couple hours drive. And so we spent a lot of weekends together, but it, it amused me that it was so close together because I always, I don't know. I, I'm not good at geography, especially like Northern United States geography. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that Pennsylvania and New York were like right there. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, oddly enough though, I've never been to Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm the only kid that in my elementary school that's never been to Hershey park. Oh wow. <laughs> which is somewhere over there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> which is also weird too. Cause apparently it's only four hours away from parts of Virginia, which yeah, I, I had no clue about either. I spent most of my life in Texas and Florida, which are just huge States. So it's, it's hard for me to imagine like driving a couple hours and being in a different state. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. If Texas and Florida are your examples, like I guess <laughs> Europe blows your mind. Cause two hours later you're in a new country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other place I lived on was Guam, uh, which is like smaller than most cities. <laughs> yeah, like you've been all over the world with so many experiences. And the other, the only thing I knew about your life before writing, other than that you were some type of engineer, is that there was no dance team at your high school. I know. <laughs> <laughs> because of that story you tell, how small high schools only have limited things yeah yeah so my first high school I had two different high schools because we moved in between um my first high school had 45 people total in the yeah. high school my class was the smallest class it had seven eight seven or eight people in it and then um and then I moved to Guam and that school was much bigger it had 300 people in the total high school uh yeah so neither of my high schools had a dance team <laughs> uh, they barely had football teams <laughs> wow even out of 43 people high school there was a football team it was in texas so yes <laughs> i thought you needed like 50 kids for a team uh well if you play iron man football you only need about 11 what does that mean that means people play both off offense and defense the players are are play on both how teams. tiring yeah, in, in Texas, too, where it's, like, hot and humid and, yeah. And they take everything so seriously. <laughs> yeah, but we had, I mean, like, I'm writing about a, a town like that town now in the book that I'm writing. And, like, homecoming, there was, like, a parade. Like, everyone in town went. It's, like, a big deal. And I know schools much larger who didn't have homecoming parades, but it's just, it's Texas, so that's what you do. It is. It's just what you do. <laughs> and like I always say middle America because Texas technically is like in the middle part but Texas is its own beast yeah it really is <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as someone who can't title anything what are some titles you've heard in life that make you sit back in awe or aghast or just admiration yes it is true I can't title anything I, I don't know it's like a block but so you sent me this question ahead of time and I was like thinking about it and <laughs> I think part of the problem is, is I can't realize when something is a good title. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually my problem. So, um, but some of my favorite titles are like the really punny, cozy mystery titles. <laughs> oh. So like there's a Joanne Pence culinary cozy mystery called If Cooks Could Kill. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good pun, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, let's see. Olive and Let Die is another one. Oh. Yeah. A that Greek is catchy. Culinary mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really love the, the like, really punny, cozy mystery titles, which I don't write cozy mysteries at all. <laughs> I just really like that. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it makes sense. Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys. Didn't they have a crossover mm-hmm. book at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. crossed over quite a bit, I think. Oh, quite a bit. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I just recently started learning about the Hardy Boys because gay culture has made them idols. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> well, apparently they're now falling out because who knows what the Hardy Boys is in young gay culture. But yeah, like apparently I like stumbled upon this like weird internet thing. And it was like, oh, the Hardy Boys. And that was like ideal back in the day. And by the day, I mean like 80s, 90s. Mm. Like it was dying okay. in the 90s. So apparently like, I don't know. Talk to your elder gays, and they might be able to explain it better than me. I just know it was a thing. Who knew? I was on track from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing I know about Nancy Drew is Emma Roberts. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The new series. <laughs> Wait, was it a whole series? No, she was just in one movie, right? Oh, th- no. There's a new series. It's not Emma Roberts, though. It's um, It's actually Lisa McMahon, who's an author. Her daughter is the star of it. It's just a weird coincidence, yeah. Oh, I wonder if that had. I wonder if that was like planned. I don't think so. I don't think it had anything to do with it. But um, yeah, there's also a, a newer Hardy Boys series. I watched a couple episodes of it, and I I couldn't get into it. So, you know, and I haven't watched it either because I didn't even read the older ones. But I, in my head, it's like watching and reading the new Archie comics. So I've been an Archie fan forever. And so I was reading the new Archie comics and I was like, oh, it's weird seeing it with a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's because I, I remember thinking the Hardy Boys like that. That was part of the draw, I think, is like they just they walked around everywhere. They all their information was from like overhearing things people said, you mm-hmm. know, they they took their boat out. They were like teenagers and they like took their boat out on the lake and like discovered caves and like, I don't know. It was just like super adventurous. And uh, I think a modern Hardy boys is harder to do. <laughs> yeah. At least they didn't Riverdale it. Oh, I haven't watched it. So I'm <laughs> well, if you know, you know, is what the kids say, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been asking you for months almost a year now to help me with my pen name. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to ask you to out yourself here, but how did you come up with yours? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you can't title, so. No, I can't title. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so my real name, the main problem with my, I, there were two main problems with my real name. Um, one was I started writing in Young Adult, and my real name is the name of a popular European lingerie designer. So if you search for that and you got the Google image search results. It was just like women wearing lingerie. Oh. Uh, yeah. Which is like, if I was writing romance, that might be a different story. But if I was writing for teens, that's a problem. And the <laughs> other the other problem was um, I have a cousin who has the same name as me who self-published a particularly bad, like, post-apocalyptic novel or something. Ooh. And I just didn't want people to think that was me. Um, yeah, so I knew that I needed a pen name. I decided to just keep my first name. So Sarah's my real first name. 
And it was actually pretty, like, I went through a lot of different options, um, but the one I came up with is super obvious. Nicole is my real name. Nicole, Nicholas is <laughs> is my pen name, right? So, um, and it's spelled N-I-C-O-L-E. So my last name is spelled without the H. Um, and that was pretty easy. I had wanted, so when I, <laughs> when I was born, my mom really wanted to name me Kalia, and my dad would not let her. And when I found this out, like in middle school, I got so mad at my dad <laughs> because, you know, if you grow up with the name Sarah in the United States, there are Sarahs everywhere, right? There were, there were like three Sarahs in every class I had. You know, there was a Sarah on every sports team I've ever been on. Another Sarah. Um, Wait, you played sports? We'll go back. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back. Um yeah, and so I was, like, really mad that I could have had this name that, like, no one else had because I thought that was cool. Uh, so I did consider it whenever I was choosing a pen name, but I also it's a Hawaiian name, and I didn't want to imply that I was Hawaiian because I'm, I'm not. Um, so I just, I ultimately vetoed that one. And then when I chose my pen, my pen name for romance, it was a much more, like, business-oriented decision. Um, I, in romance, names that sell like people have a good reaction to if they don't know anything else about them are feminine sounding first names with strong Anglo-Saxon last names. Like that was the research that we had at the time anyway. That so yeah. So I chose Aria Kane. Um, Kian is one of my favorite names. It's an Irish name. No one can see it and pronounce it though. Wait, isn't it C-I-A-N or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just chose kind of like a, you know, a, a version of that name. So it's K-K-A-N-E. Uh, and then Aria was just a name that I had always kind of liked. And so I, it was just like, oh, but I did. And I will say this is very important. I did kind of search um, that both names before choosing them and making sure there wasn't like some other conflicting issue. And I actually just did my newsletter, my author newsletter um, last week was about like how to choose an author pen name with all these <laughs> could you hear that yeah <laughs> i think it's almost bedtime my nieces um yeah so you want to make sure you search and the name doesn't i mean like if you find other people with a name that's fine even if they're like remotely popular that's fine but you don't want any superstars and you also don't want any like notorious people um, any infamous people. I have a friend who chose a pen name and did not search it at a time. And it turns out it's the name of a, a relatively well-known serial killer. And mm. so like when people search for her name, that's what comes up. <laughs> so, yeah. Was the um, name meant to be represented as a guy? Um, I don't think so. Oh, Okay. Because you know what they say, like most serial killers, there's a type. Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Kiernan. I mean, her pet name is Kiernan. Oh. I, I don't know even the like typical gender for that name. I thought it was female, so. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> not my realm of culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to know what name goes with what. At least the, from that part of the world. Speaking of the world, you lived all over the world. <laughs> Where and what advice would you give people who are seeking to make the leap to move outside the United States? 
Yeah, well, I mainly lived all over the United States. And then, I, so when people ask me where I'm from, I say the United States of America and its associated territories. Because actually, all the places I've lived have been American territory as well. Um, were you like on base or anything? Or mm-hmm. Yeah, in Guam, we were on the base. I mean, half of Guam is a base. So, um, but the school was actually off base, the high school. Oh. Uh, yeah. And it was in the middle of the island. So the, the Navy is situated on the southern part of the island and the Air Force is situated on the northern part of the island. And the high school served both. So it was at this old weather station called Nimitz Hill. Um, and yeah, so we were bus there. It was off base. Uh, the There was officer housing nearby, but it, it wasn't on base. It was just like an area that the military owned. Wow. A mm-hmm. weather station. Yeah. Yep. It was definitely not designed to be a school. <laughs> we did not have <laughs> for station. We didn't have a cafeteria. You know, we didn't have they built a gym pretty early on. Um, but my my class that graduated there was the first class to attend all four years at that school. Also, it was like a quote new school. Yeah, it was a very old building. It was a new school. Um, so they built the cafeteria while it was going there, which also they built the band room in the same building. Um, I'm shocked they had a band. Yeah, we, uh, both my high schools had bands. <laughs> well, this just makes sense because if you have football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our baritone player was like um, one of our uh, football player. I was going to say what position he played, but he played like three positions. So um, um. <laughs> yeah, so our baritone player was a football player, so he had to like run over for the halftime show and play the baritone because we, you have a baseline of literally two people. One of them's a Jehovah's Witness, so he can't play at the football game. So we have no baseline. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Until he comes over and plays the halftime show with us. Which there was just an article I shared on Facebook yesterday about stop telling kids they have to choose between sports and everything else. Like mm-hmm. you can make it work if you are willing to try and like let these kids have opportunities. That is a, one advantage of going to a small school is everyone does do everything. So they're used to kind of, you know, working it out. Um, so all of the cheerleaders played all of the sports, all of the female sports. Um st- some of them were also in band. So one of my volleyball teammates was a cheerleader and also played flute in the band. Um, and so when you have a school that's that size, you get used to kind of like sharing kids. Because a lot of times the practices will conflict, you know. Yeah. Um, but obviously. And then the one act play. She was also in one act play and a lot of us were as well. So. You're a thespian as well? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i tried out for like one part ever and they were like no mm -mm." um yeah i'm i did like a lot of backstage stuff and i was an extra in a lot of scenes go crew (laughs) yeah (laughs) crew's the best i was the only one of my friends that dared to be in front of the stage oh yeah (laughs) yeah but i have a very similar story to you i did a 10 minute play (laughs) 
I, w- I tried out for the musicals, but musicals um, took place at the same time as marching band for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like a really huge part of the marching band. So I was like, can't make it again. Sorry. Our, we're actually a really competitive marching band or good. So like he makes us come, which wasn't the worst thing. Cause it's given me so much more than uh thespianing whatever would have <laughs> just like professionally, personally, but yeah. So, but the theater teacher totally understood. Mm-hmm. She was like, I totally get it, Danny. You've been doing band for th- two years now. You're just trying theater to like try new things. And so when I did the 10 minute play afterwards, I realized how bad of an actor I was. Yeah. But that's my problem. <laughs> so you get, people may remember Tyler who was on an episode last week. Uh, so he, me and him were in high school and we were dating at the time. And so I was like, so Tyler, how was I on stage? He's like, Danny, you don't remember just looking at me and having a whole conversation while you're on stage. <laughs> I was like, what? And then, his friend Morgan was with him. And she was like, yeah, you were that bored. You were literally talking to us while on stage. Oh, my gosh. I was like, are you serious? They were like, yeah. And that's when I realized <laughs> acting was not for me. <laughs> and then, like, the next semester when they did the musical again, Tyler auditioned, like, on a whim. I don't know why. But he got invited into the Thespian Honor Society. And I was like, oh. hold up. This guy who's scared to speak. Wow. <laughs> And is in the computers, not acting or any performing arts. Got into the thespian society and I wasn't even invited. You know what? Fine. I get it. <laughs> I'll stick to my single and a third threat. Yeah. I can dance and I can typecast act. You can't be good at everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but yeah, that was a little anecdote about my life. But yeah, so you mentioned sports. What did you play? Uh, I played volleyball and basketball. Um, I had initially gone in my first high school to talk to, this is going to be funny, the athletic director, who is also the PE teacher, who was also the volleyball coach, who was also the track and tennis coach, um, and (laughs) who was also, yeah, and she was like, well, you know, basketball season starts later, right? Yeah. And she's like, well, how about volleyball? Like, we're starting, you know, next week, and you don't have to try out at a school like this. Like everyone who comes out plays because you don't, you, you know, don't have enough players to turn players away. You're on an Island. Who are you playing against? No, this is in Texas. This is, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I played in Guam too. Um, yeah. And so she was like, you should come play volleyball. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like my family is a very much like a basketball family. Both my parents play basketball. Ooh. Um, and we played growing up, you know, I wasn't, I still wasn't very good. I don't want to like make anybody think that I was a good player or anything, but I was Never I can't I, jump. decent at it. I can't jump very high. That's true. <laughs> um, but then it turns out volleyball is like my favorite sport. I still play it today. So Do you? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was fortuitous that she talked me in and joined the volleyball team, but yeah, I played in Guam too. And we played, um, there were, there were other schools on the island. There were several public schools for, you know, the locals and a couple private schools too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my next question was, was your high school like all military kids or was my just- high school was mostly military kids. We, um, so the way that our school worked was it was military kids, but then if they weren't at capacity, um, it acted like a private school as well. So people could pay to attend, and so we had, it was mainly like a lot of like businessmen's kids, like some, you know, senators, kids and judges, kids and stuff like that, who also went to school with us. So, you know, the big wigs of Guam. 
Yes, the big wigs of an isle of an island that is thirty two miles long. Mm-hmm. Is Guam the <laughs> island that has universal Wi Fi? I don't think so. It didn't when I was there. Okay, sorry. There's an island that has universal Wi Fi. They just built one big tower and it's just free for the whole island, like whenever you go. <laughs> and it's an island nation. And then there's also another one that has Pikachu on the money. Oh no, that's definitely not Guam. I don't. I don't know, know if it's the same place, but I remember reading about like Pikachu was on the official currency because they were like. Who cares? Why not? Yeah. Who's suing us? <laughs> yeah, Guam uses um, American money. That makes sense. It's a territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, circling back to all the fun things you do. So, listeners may have heard of Pub Talk Live, because I eloquently <laughs> plug it all the time as a commercial. <laughs> but what inspired Pub Talk Live? Because that's how I met you is because my our mutual friend, Jay, was watching. Mm-hmm. She's like, Danny, you should watch us. And I was like, I'm not doing oh. anything right now. Sure. Oh, this is fun. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was it was a couple things. So I had been thinking for a while that it would be a cool thing to, to have a talk show, like we think of, you know, regular nighttime talk shows that centered on the publishing industry. Because, I mean they mainly focus on other media, right? Like every now and then you'll have an author on there, but it's like a a mega best-selling author or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of evolved because I also, I really enjoy going to conferences. And the thing that I most enjoy about conferences, book conferences, writing conferences, is the the conversations that you have outside of the like planned programming. So yeah, when you're at dinner, when you're at the bar, when you're in the hallway in between sessions, hanging out, you know, late at night in someone's room, whatever. And so I kind of wanted to replicate that a little bit for people who weren't able to, to go um, to conferences or people like me who wished we were there all the time. (laughs) Um, And so And then, so it kind of was like a combination of those things. So we do, you know, the news item, I do the poll to, to try to make it interactive. Um, And then I do an interview with someone who has some kind of publishing knowledge. Um, And, and then we do audiobook of the week, just because I like audiobooks is really the only reason that's there. Your pub talk actually inspired me to have multiple segments. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, like, when we get to rapid-fire question, everyone, you could thank Sarah for <laughs> coming up with me just not talking to people for however long it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, no, because Sarah also introduced me to StreamYard. Yeah. Pub talk. Oh, and your Wednesday write-ins, which we forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. I, yeah it's, <laughs> unless I have a written list in front of me, I do forget things sometimes. Yeah. On Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we do virtual write-ins on my YouTube channel and you can come and work on whatever you're working on. Sometimes we clean. Sometimes <laughs> everyone yells at me to read. Yep. That's usually what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun time and yeah. product- productivity does occur. Yes. I get um, a lot. Most of my writing that I get done in a week <laughs> in those sessions. Yeah. Cause every time I'm there, you're like, I haven't written since last week. Mm-hmm. I wrote like mm-hmm. half a chapter. Okay, everyone, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> or join me next this Saturday for whatever show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, but pub talk, because you're so right. I also think it's interesting. You wanted late night TV. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted yeah, daytime talk. I'm not a comedian talk. though. So <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't quite transfer. <laughs> 
nah, but I don't know. I think you're funny. Oh, thanks. I think I'm funny too. <laughs> <laughs> and the people you bring on are hilarious. Oh yeah. I think you should talk up like just in general, like you have amazing co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have the most interesting and funniest people that come on. Yeah, I've been really lucky uh, in the guests that I invite on. I very rarely get a no, and which is just surprising to me. And like I, I asked, you know, Joanna Penn to come on. It was just kind of like a shoot your shot moment. Like I didn't mm-hmm. think that she would come. Um, and, and she said yes pretty readily. And I was just really surprised. Uh, and so that was great. And Jane Friedman, who's just like a, a rock star, uh, we had had a little bit of interaction before, so it wasn't quite like a cold contact like it was with Joanna Penn. But still, I was I was surprised because um, my show doesn't get that many viewers. Um, but yeah, they've been really great. Uh, and and sometimes you have a guest that you think is going to be really great. And then they're kind of not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then sometimes you have a guess where you're like, okay, you know, I guess. And then the conversation turns out to be really great. Uh, So, yeah, things can surprise you. I have not felt that, like, the guests have been eh before. Mm Because I've watched almost every single one. I think I'm, like, behind. Like, I think I didn't watch one three weeks ago, and I didn't watch the one that just happened. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, sometimes you have to pull information out of people so it is for the interviewer it's a little bit more difficult because um you ask someone a question and they give like a couple word answer and then you have to find a way to be like can you say more without saying can you say more (laughs) you know know, i've been scared of that (laughs) (laughs) which is also part of the reason why i pre-send questions everyone it's not a secret i've said it before also because i like to make sure i'm not asking too personal details yeah, and people are always worried that they're going to talk too much, but I tell them on my show, you can't really talk too much. Someone is going to make me regret saying that, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, when you have me on, <laughs> and then I go past the one hour-ish time that you want, <laughs> as you will see with the episode links of this podcast. <laughs> and no, it's just awesome. But like a pub talk, it's introduced me to so many cool people. Do you know how many followers on Twitter I get because of pub talk? Oh, really? <laughs> Most of your guests have followed me. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it might be because I ask, I think, the best questions. Yeah, you ask very, very detailed, like personal questions, personalized questions. Because everyone like asks all the basic knowledge stuff. But when they share their Instagrams, their Twitters, their Facebooks, I'm like, sure, let's <laughs> go and find out where you've been. Let's find out what makes you tick. <laughs> yeah. And Wait, then let, let's see what dessert you ate in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was the most recent one. <laughs> but it was a good dessert look. <laughs> it was like a chocolate like tea like a genie's lamp oh, everyone. Okay. <laughs> and I wonder if they even remembered. I haven't listened to it yet, but yeah. Uh, or if you I, even asked. <laughs> I didn't ask her on screen. I did ask her beforehand. She said it was very good. Yes. See, another <laughs> exclusive for this. Yeah, there you go. Another crossover event. So other than pub talk, we always quote joke. It's, I don't know if it's a joke to you. To me, it's real. Pizza talk. <laughs> pizza talk live. So for those who don't know, pizza talk live is because Sarah is a huge pizza fan. Mm-hmm. Who isn't? Well, my sister, yeah. but that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> and... Sarah has been like, you know, one day I'm just going to travel, see all the people that are fans of Pub Talk, 
and we're just gonna get pizza and make it a whole like vlog or something like that. I don't actually yeah. know what format you were gonna do. Yeah, it's gonna be so. like a, a food network publishing crossover show. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna make our own pizzas? Is what you're saying? No, we're gonna like visit, you know, the different pizzerias around the United States. Speaking of which, I should say this. If you do ever come to like me and Jay, because for those who know, if you watch Pub Talk, you know me and Jay out ourselves that we live like <laughs> 30 minutes from each other. So yeah. we hang out all the time. Jay worked at a pizza place for like four years. Oh, yeah. Was that so a good Jay place? knows. Well, <laughs> I don't know. The place closed before I ever like met her. <laughs> but Jay has made pizza for me and it's mm. amazing. Mm. <laughs> so you might have an episode where you're, we just like stand at a kitchen and just talk pubbing and yeah. <laughs> pizza ing. Let's do it. <laughs> so when you do it, what kind of pizza are you planning on getting? I have actually thought a lot about this, which is weird, but <laughs> <laughs> because so you can do it two ways, right? You can you can go to places and you can get kind of like the most interesting they ha- thing they have on your menu. Or you can go to all these different places and get the same thing so that you can p- compare them. Yes. And I think, I think I'm going with the latter. That's where I'm leaning right now. So I would just get like a regular pepperoni pizza everywhere. Because I really like pepperoni pizza. But the other part of it is, well, as anyone who's seen it in my shows, I'm not shy about it. I have a lot of food allergies or food um, immune reactions. And, and so for me to like try to eat the specialties at different places, I just, I couldn't because I can't eat legume protein at all <laughs> i can't what is that um like so soy beans peas oh okay yeah the vegan stuff yes uh and i can't eat um mushrooms i have a anaphylactic allergy to mushrooms and blue cheese um including truffle oil <laughs> oh that makes sense did you well real truffle oil because a lot of it's fake but I don't know if you saw. This is like a total tangent. <laughs> you That's said fine. tangents are fine. They're totally fine. So I, when I first moved in to where I live now, there was um, a small amount of mold in the air conditioning. Oh. And I was getting like sick a lot. And so we found it and we cleaned it out. And then a little while later, it was happening again where I was, it was like I was having an allergic reaction, like worse than before. Cause so my throat kind of closes up and so my, my throat was tightening and I was having trouble breathing and it happened every night. And I was like, what is happening? Then Lodestar, oh my God, I had gotten a new face wash and it had mushrooms in it. (laughs) But the, the thing is, it was pretty clear from the label. I just like didn't, I don't know, <laughs> notice. <laughs> I didn't make the connection. So it was literally every night putting something on my face that I have an anaphylactic allergy to. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day. All I could think of is that episode of That's a Raven. Oh, I don't, I don't. Oh. <laughs> it's a whole episode where I've so- seen it, but yeah. Well, the episode where Chelsea doesn't know the French word for mushrooms. Oh, and she keeps, okay. Like it was like a cream, just like you were saying. So oh, Raven really? using this amazing cream, but it was like she's like Chelsea. You know I'm allergic to mushrooms, and she's like it doesn't say mushrooms. Oh. This is mushrooms in French. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it was called truffle therapy. So oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did it at least smell good? It did actually. It smelled great. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like you know your vents like sporing <laughs> yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. And it was a simple fix. It was, yeah. Threw that in the trash really quick. <laughs> you didn't just give it to someone? I didn't, just because I was, like, so mad about it that I just, like, threw it in the trash, like, angrily. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> nope, I get it. No, because, so my sister has super allergies, kind of, like, similar to you. But anytime she, like, tests, so she's always testing things. And then, like, mm-hmm. half the time she tests it and then comes home, tries it on, she's like, oh, I can feel it coming. All right. And so she has ba- a goodie bag. So every time we see our friend, she's like, you get this lipstick, you get oh. this eyeliner, you get this. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't know if you had that system too. Because I'm not sure how hygienic it is, honestly. But. Yeah. Um, I have, I've given some things away to people. But um, I so I also have, there's like a 50% chance I'm allergic to penicillin because of the mold allergy. Oh. And, but. I haven't been tested yet and I haven't had penicillin since I was like 12. Okay. Uh, and so I recently, I had to take some, I say recently, it was like before the pandemic. So it wasn't that recent, but I had to take some antibiotics. And so it's on my charts that I'm allergic to penicillin, like a, it's a just in case thing, but mm-hmm. until I get tested. And when I went to pick up my prescription at Publix, the, the pharmacist was like, oh, but it says you're allergic to penicillin. And I was like, yeah, um, I was told this wasn't didn't have penicillin in it. She's like, well, it has a similar protein ring, so there's like a five percent cross reactivity rate. And I was like, okay. And she's like, how do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I've been able to stop all my reactions with with allergy medication. Like, I haven't even had to use an EpiPen. And uh, and she's like, okay. She's like, well, so just don't don't take the first dose alone. Okay. But I lived alone. Oh. <laughs> so I called Bess, who is my co-host on Wednesday Night Right Ends. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't at the time. That was before we started them. But um, she also lives, like, right next to a fire station, like, one of the biggest fire stations in town. And so she basically had to babysit me while I took this medicine. <laughs> <laughs> like with her finger like poised on you know dialing 911 <laughs> were you like at her place mm-hmm, yeah okay i didn't know if like you were just like video chatting oh no she just like yeah, if you went, went down <laughs> mm-hmm, yep <laughs> and see it's great though because that would be jay for me Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I would go to Jay's and be like, "Hey, Jay." <laughs> yeah, and then my sister, who's a nurse, I was telling her about it, and so I took the first dose at seven, and I had to take the next dose at one a.m. And uh, my sister is like, she's like, actually, a lot of times people have reaction to the second dose, and I was like, "What am I going to do at one a.m.?" <laughs> she was you like, "Nine one one comes really quick." I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's such a nurse answer. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Nine one one will come. Okay. So but that's I, so I, true. Yeah. I woke but, up and I took the the second dose and I tried to stay awake as long as I could, so that I could call nine one one. How long did you make it? About twenty five minutes. Okay. So like a normal. I felt like person. I was safe. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that makes so much sense because like all the vaccines, 
everyone's reacting to the second, not the first. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, luckily I don't have any um, allergies related to the vaccines. It, those are different medications that people are having problems with. Yes, very different, very, very just different, but yeah. <laughs> I did have a pretty bad reaction in the second dose of the vaccine, but I have an immune disorder, so it's not surprising. Oh, okay. Were you yeah. Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson Johnson? Pfizer. Oh, I had Moderna. <laughs> and they say, quote, quote, they said, like, in, like, I don't know, December, January, that, like, Moderna was the better for autoimmune people, oh. but, like, quote, better. Yeah. But I feel like Pfizer is the only one around anymore, because I haven't heard anything about Moderna or Johnson Johnson in forever. Yeah, and the way that the uh, side effects were being reported was kind of weird, because there was, like, there was a side-by-side chart, and it said, you know, this many people experienced... Uh, Nausea, something. Nausea, diarrhea, and then this many experience on the other one. And for one of them, they were counting, oh, vomiting. It was vomiting and diarrhea. So for one of them, they were counting people who actually had those symptoms. And then the other one, they were counting anyone who had an upset stomach as vomiting. Oh. And I'm like... I ate too much Reese's Pieces today and I had an upset stomach. Like, how can you count that? <laughs> I had a slice of pizza earlier, like two hours ago. And I was like, oh, maybe not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we have gone way off topic. <laughs> I mean, no, we're back to pizza because I had pizza. So on oh, Pizza yeah. Clock Live, where do you plan on stopping? <laughs> yeah, I I expect it will be, you know, hyper local. I don't want to go to any chains unless they're local chains. Um so in Orlando, we have a, a, a micro chain called Lazy Moon. There are two locations. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much my go-to place for pizza here. But I do really like thick crust or deep dish pizza. And I know other people don't. A lot of other people don't, but I love it. So I would love to go somewhere that had really good deep dish pizza. I know, well, I knew a place in St. Louis. I haven't lived there for like 12 years, so I don't know if it's still there, but. St. Louis, Missouri? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I couldn't remember where St. Louis was. Yep. <laughs> oh, for the longest time, I thought Chicago was in Michigan. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> they were like, no. I was like, you, may, you might be worse at geography than me. <laughs> I didn't actually ever have to learn it, mm. like, in school. In New York, I could tell you all about the, like, Iroquois Confederation, the Algonquins, like, tribes. I could tell you all, like, New York's history. Like, all the seashells they use for currency, but <laughs> nope, I don't know the capitals. I do remember when I was a, a kid, we lived in the Keys. We lived in the Keys on and off a lot, because my dad's Coast Guard, so uh, oh, okay. you, you end up there a lot. And my mom had said that she was going to go to Miami. She's like, I'm taking a trip to Miami to do some shopping, whatever. My sister was pretty young at that point. She was, let's see, maybe eight or nine. And she said, I want to go to Urami too. <laughs> and we, we still tease her about it. We're not, we're not a nice family, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Urami too. <laughs> <laughs> it's cuter the more you hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, you're up. I was like, no. oh, I wonder where Uriami would be. Oh, my, your, Miami, uh, Uriami, yeah. yeah. 
See, I'm, I'm not punny people. I just think punnies are fun. <laughs> or puns are fun. I love puns. <laughs> no, okay, so you want deep dish pizza anywhere with it. I was mm-hmm. thinking like specific places too. Like you claim you're coming up here to like DC area. <laughs> yeah. I just need, I need an investor. <laughs> and by investor, I mean someone willing to give me money and not expecting it back. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or, maybe if you crack into publishing, yeah. they'll send you places <laughs> or fund that. Oh, yeah. Just like Penguin's TikTok. Like Penguin and Penguin Teen's TikTok, everyone, if you haven't watched it, it's one of like the best content creations that go around. Really? Yeah, on TikTok, they're amazing. <laughs> they're I'll how I found out Midnight Sun was coming. <laughs> <laughs> And they do a lot of giveaways. It was actually fun. So the TikTok per, like person that runs it, she was like in charge of the giveaway. And then she was like, she made a whole TikTok with the person's permission. But she's like, so the person that won the like the contest, she lived a block and a half away from me. Oh. So she like videotaped her walk over. And the oh, person gosh. was like, hey. <laughs> and it was like a whole like, oh, yeah. Anything and everything. They'll do it. <laughs> but that was another tangent. So speaking of walks... Your daily walks always sound like an adventure. What are some (laughs) highlights that you can share of things you've witnessed on these adventures? Um, I think maybe I make them sound more adventurous than they are. (laughs) I don't think you say it. It's the photos you post too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I pretty much walk the same like two mile stretch in in my neighborhood every day. so, but there, so there are like points along the way that I think about like a, uh, you know, like a board game, like, oh, this is the house with the star Jasmine, which right now is just beautiful. Like the smell is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the house with the nice dogs and there's the house with the mean dogs and there's the house that's <laughs> with a cat that's always sitting in the yard. Like it is a dog. And, um, and then there's like the horses and there's a pig sometimes, but you don't see them all the time. Uh, and then there are rabbits everywhere. But the other day I was walking and I was listening to a podcast about Bigfoot. And I was like, "This is, I should not be walking in the middle of a forest because I live in a forest, essentially, oh. at sunset listening to a Bigfoot podcast. Like, I didn't know you lived in a forest. Yeah, that's why my um, my internet is terrible and my phone. I, I don't even get text messages where I live. <laughs> I assumed you lived in a swamp, honestly. Uh, yeah, well, it's a thin line. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to either, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, um, there's not there's not a lot of standing water around me, so that's why it's not a swamp. But oh. it's definitely that that Florida scrub forest. Palms <laughs> mixed in with pines. Oh, wait, do you get the palmetto bugs? Yeah, we got palmetto bugs. Um, we got all, all kinds of bugs. I had a roommate from when in, uh, in Orlando who was from Canada. She was Chinese-Canadian, so she was from China and then um, had moved to Canada and lived there for a couple of years. And she was in Orlando doing a project, uh, so she was like a temporary roommate. And shortly after she moved in with me, she would sometimes like save bugs for me like on a tissue to show them to me and it it confused me at first i was like yeah that that's a bug you know and i realized 
she's not used to having bugs everywhere. So in Florida, we have them everywhere. Like it's just part of a life. You have them in your house. Whereas I remember from living up north, that's not, you don't have bugs everywhere and you're not, you're not used, to, you don't expect to find them in your house. No. Um, and I was like, okay, we literally live in a swamp. Like there are going to be bugs sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because uh, then we did live in a swamp. <laughs> oh, I can't. No, yeah. you're not helping me sell Florida. Yeah, there are <laughs> bugs everywhere. I don't. It's just a fact of life. Because the weather's warm, they can live all year, so they don't die off in the uh -huh. winter. This is why I will never be a snowbird. People, <laughs> for those who know what that means, <laughs> my grandparents actually were snowbirds, but they gave up on it because they were sick of doing it. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. To move your life every, I mean, twice a year. Yeah. And they actually didn't even move. They just had, we had relatives. We, so we have relatives everywhere. Mm. That's my big network of life. And so they would just like people hop. Well, they knew enough people down in Florida every two, like week or so, they just switch another house and visit everyone. <laughs> so for, no like, one gets tired of you? <laughs> yeah, for three months. Wow. And then like on the way back, they may visit some other people on the way back. Like That's what I envision for Pizza Talk Live. Like I'm just going to go to anyone's house who will house me for like a week. And there will be a national tour. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so game. <laughs> but yeah, so will we ever get a vlog about these daily walks? And like a pig. I didn't even know you would see a pig. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I definitely couldn't do a live because, like, there's no internet out there, right? Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like it's interesting enough. Plus, there are, like, Trump flags everywhere. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I strategically don't get those in the picture. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking, like, you know, Sarah storm chasing. Because, you know, yeah. Florida, there's, like, a storm every other hour in the afternoon. Sometimes I'm just, like... Uh, well, hopefully that storm doesn't reach me before my walk is over. Because there's nowhere to, like, go. Like, I'm walking in one direction. So wherever I'm at, I have to turn around and walk back, you know. So if I walked a mile away from the house, it's a mile back to the house. Um, So if there was a storm, if, like, it rained, I, did, I don't know. I would just cry. Oh. Cry, not just you know, experience it, live in the moment. No, just yeah. cry. Yeah, no one could tell anyway. It's raining. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know. <laughs> let me preface this the same way you preface things. Don't be humble. <laughs> <laughs> I know you write many things and under different pen names. Can you please pretend you don't know me and promote your books? Yeah, uh, so Keeping Our Secret is by Sarah Nicholas. It's a young adult summer camp girl-girl romance. I tell people that I wanted to write a Disney Channel movie, but for two girls. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, so it's about two girls who were friends when they were younger, and when they were 12 or 13, one of the most moving away, Rio was moving away and they shared a kiss. Um, and then they end up back at this summer camp together when they're both uh, 17. They're both entering their senior year of high school. Uh, and they um, 
Courtney is the other one. So Rhea is kind of an out um, bisexual girl, and Courtney is a closeted lesbian. She probably isn't quite sure that she is yet, but she is by the end of the book. And uh, instead of facing their feelings for each other, they start a prank war against each other. Oh. And so they just have a big prank <laughs> war and... And of course, they end up um, falling for each other, and and there's a big musical number at the end. <laughs> How do you write a musical number? Yeah, well, um, it's, I mean, it's a song that everyone knows. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to like write the lyrics or anything, but yeah. And then, um, so my first book as uh, for YA has gone out of print. So I won't talk about that. Um, and then Arya Kane, I have a couple of different books there, but the one I really like and the one I'm writing a sequel to this year is called um, Once Upon a Darkness and is a <laughs> uh, Hansel and Gretel retelling set in a zombie apocalypse and it's a romance. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. And there there are three members of the team, and I had planned a book for each of them. But um, my, basically my publisher for it closed down. And then I did self-publish it, but I would kind of just lost steam on it. So mm -hmm. I hope to go back um, this year and write the second book, who is um, the brother of the main character in the first book. And then there's a third character. Uh, so the first one was the, the Gretel characters named Gretchen. It was her book. The second book is the Hank who's the Hansel character. And the third book is a guy named Eric, who was just like another member of their team, but he became one of my favorite characters writing the book. And he's a lot of readers' favorite character too. So, so he's going to get a book too. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. Oh, I should have put this question down. Okay, people, we're going off script here. But <laughs> have you ever found a fandom online of your own stuff? No. Oh, Okay. Because mm -mm. I've noticed before, like, like comic artists are like, I didn't expect this to do anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's forums. I've, like, I've gotten, there's been, like, a couple, I found, like, not necessarily fan art, but, like, aesthetics that people have made on Instagram. And that's Ooh. really cool. Yeah. For um, for keeping your secret. Uh, I haven't really found a lot of fandom. There's, like a couple people that are, are huge fans of keeping your secret that cons that post about it quite a bit. And it's always great when they, when they do that. Um, but not like really a fandom community, maybe one day, <laughs> one day <laughs> you have enough stuff. You have enough of an audience with the puppers. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we could easily make a movement happen, <laughs> but no, like your whole the first one you were saying, it reminded me of the, the show, the prom. Mm. I don't know if you knew anything about the prom. I haven't but... watched it yet, but yeah, I'm aware yeah. of it. But no, that's super cool. I also just literally right before this was watching this new movie on Netflix that came out like in end of March, everyone. It's called One, One Week Away, I think. Mm. So it's about this. First of all, they're all Disney Channel people that are just like <laughs> not Disneying anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so the guy is like in foster care and he's like, oh, I'm so bad. Oh, they're going to send me to juvie or I could go to camp with these other people. Fine. I guess I'll go to camp for a week. Right. And then it turns out when he gets there and they hide it until like the last second that it's a Jesus camp. Mm. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I did see the ad for this now that you mention it. Well, first of all, when you think they shove enough musical numbers in Disney Channel movies, holy cow. There was more singing than actual like. Mm. 
things. And unlike the newer Disney Channel movies, it looks like everyone actually had to audition. <laughs> like, I have very big feelings about the Disney Channel movies. Since High School Musical, the first one, it's been very hit. There's always at least one cast member that can't dance. Mm. And they always tailor, like, the scenes around that person. Yeah. Not in one week away, everyone. You see everyone <laughs> dancing all the time. It was very pleasant. And it just felt like watching a Disney movie. And I'm not religious at all. But it was a fun time. So, I, a side note. I read this article about the um, Tom Holland uh, umbrella performance, right? Yeah. And they had the choreographer talking about some of it. And she was like, you know, the celebrity reps, they always say that their celebrity can dance and they can handle the dance moves. But then we get them in and they're like, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. And they're like, with Tom Holland, it was like the opposite. He was like, basically, like, give me more, give me more, like, mm-hmm. make it harder, make it harder. <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense because a lot of people forget Tom Holland was Billy Elliot. Yeah. 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 And he has an extensive Broadway background, not Broadway, West End experience yeah. which is also Musical funny because i was watching like fan castings for wicked mm. and someone was like you know who should play bach and everyone's like guessing all these people he's like tom holland he's short <laughs> enough <laughs> and i was like okay yeah sure like it would make sense but no thank you for sharing because also because i also forget every single time like what your books are and what they're about not because of lack of interest, people, just because I think I like <laughs> am doing something else. It's during when I'm cleaning or something. But anyways, <laughs> you're pretty well known in the publishing industry because of all you do. Could you describe your network of the industry in three adjectives? Yeah. Um, accidental is the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chaotic is <laughs> the second one. Yeah. And I would say the third one would be valuable. Those are such good words. Thanks. Like, (laughs) I know, like I said, everyone, we all know I pre-send these, but still, those are really, like, good words. Then again, you are a writer. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, accidental makes total sense. The Mm -hmm. happy accidents that create life are something, I don't know, some metaphor people you feel like. Well, it's. I you you know, but I I went about two years ago. I had a tweet that said, "If you want to be a <laughs> yes, see, <laughs> if you want to be a successful author, read one book, at least one book written in the last five years." And it went viral, not because people agreed with it, but because people disagreed with it. But then. <laughs> So the people, so then other people were like defending me from the trolls who were like disagreeing with my suggestion that you read one recently published book. Um, and I got so many like huge followers out of that, like Holly Black, Beverly Jenkins, like all these big name authors followed oh. me because of this tweet. So that, like, that's why I say accidental because I'm like, it's just a tweet telling people to read one book. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's my favorite story about you. Read one book. <laughs> but no, like, okay. Yeah, accidental chaotic. Like, I've seen the people that come on your show. So chaotic, and I love it. And that's what makes asking the questions fun. Because chaotic people, like, snidbit tempo. And that's the stuff that, you know, I cling on to. Because I ask these really random mm-hmm. public personal questions. 
And so how important is having a network for the non-believers? Because there are lots of people that are like, oh, networking isn't that big of a deal. And I was like, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, networking is everything. But I think also the the way that we talk about networking, like people use the word for different things. And so the way that I use it, I think is like the truest sense of the word, like building a network of people who support you and you support. And it's like a mutual um, beneficial friendly it doesn't have to be friend but friendly relationship right where some people think of networking as like the like sleazy guy at a conference who gives his business card to everyone before even saying hi to them and that's not networking i don't know what that is but that's not networking hand handling (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so it's just anything that you want to do you you need a network of people you know um so, like, I couldn't do the show without a network of people, right? Because, I mean, I do cold contact some people, but a lot of the people who come on the show are people that I've interacted with for many years. Uh, and so they know that, one, I'm a real person, and and I'm not, like, a weird person. <laughs> you know, I'm not someone who's, like, setting a trap for them. Uh, and so yeah. it's just it just lets people know, even if they're not in your network, um, you know, they see the network that I have and they can tell and like all the time, you know, I'll have a connection and I'll say, Oh, um, so-and-so said I should talk to you about this. Right. And so even if you are doing a cold contact with someone, the network can still help you. If you know someone who knows that person. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like how I have so many followers because of you. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) because of like me mooching off your network. I do love sometimes I'll be on Twitter and I'll randomly see some pubbers who didn't definitely didn't know each other before the show, like just having a conversation talking back and forth. And it's just like, it makes my heart so warm. Like, (laughs) I just feel so happy that I have brought these people together so because the puppers are a great community they really are we are a loyal 30 (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a small but mighty group (laughs) and if you want to join just know coffee or tea make your opinions before you show up but you are more than welcome (laughs) well like you're team coffee i'm team tea actually i'm honestly team water but actually no i also told you i'm also team hot chocolate (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that. but either way that's always a topic and it comes up all the time <laughs> <laughs> it does it comes up like more than it probably should <laughs> and it's not even us it's yeah. like your guests like the pitch wars people they all talked about their coffee addictions <laughs> and then it starts in the comments yeah and there's poor your poor pitch wars people that don't follow the pubbing yeah they're like, what? What's happening? <laughs> Why are there tea wars going on in the comments? <laughs> but yeah. So speaking of all the questions, you see me research people so much and ask them fun questions for the, your show. What questions would you ask me? All right, I have one question for you. Oh my god. Okay. Are you ready? No, I but... I'm really excited to ask you this question. Are you ready? Yeah. What's the most important book you've read and why? New Moon by Midori Snyder. Oh, you're ready. You're so ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's also the same book I always, because like when you ask like, what's the most important book you read? Mm -hmm. Like it's that book. Like that's the book that would help me write. Anyway, so it's out of print, everyone. 
Mm. But you can find it at your local bookstores and on Amazon for like 90 cents. Mm. Oh, where is it? Is it right here? I actually have a <laughs> copy like right here. Whatever. So I basically was just like, I totally was that person that was like judging by a cover in Barnes and Noble one day. Mm. And it was like a whole trilogy. And it like had one of those cover bindings that merged into one photo. But like on the side bindings and the front covers too. Mm. And I didn't notice that until after I bought them. And it's about <laughs> four elemental queens ruling, but like oh. only the fire queens around anymore. And after she was scared of being overthrown, she like caused, uh, she implemented a law that killed anyone with elemental power. And it was like a sacred burning every year, purging mm. the stuff. But like when you reread it, when you're not 12, it's all about colonialism and imperialism. <laughs> <laughs> But I was just there because I was like, oh, it's a whole rebellion against the evil queen that's 200 years old. Yeah. And like everyone, all these mythical creatures are going extinct because she's sucking the life of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a whole trilogy. I would call it adult. And Midori Snyder actually emailed me back. Oh, wow. That's yes. Because really cool. I'm pretty sure it's because it's like, I think one of her more unsuccessful books. Oh. <laughs> and I sent her like a five paragraph essay. Oh, wow. On why that's the book I strive to like model my writing after. Because it was just such strong writing. It got me into... Also, fun fact. So I was randomly in college, not doing my work, <laughs> in a the Fairies and Changelings class, by the way, everyone. Oh, that it sounds was, fun. It was so fun. I loved it. <laughs> but we were reading this book called Accept the Queen, which was about like these... The fairy who was having an affair with a human, these two fairies mm -hmm. saw it, sisters, and then she's like, oh, you're banished to the human world because I don't need anyone knowing I'm sleeping with a man. <laughs> and it's about, like, those two, like, trying to find each other. It was so complicated because all the names kept changing because they were inhumans, they were talking oh. to their fairy friends, and they kept inverting initials everywhere, and, like, you couldn't tell who was <laughs> in what city. We cracked our professor. <laughs> we had a whole like 30 minute tea chart made and then someone's like wait wasn't that in the other chapter and she was just like fuck oh my gosh <laughs> and then i'll be like oh we cracked the professor she assigned <laughs> it but anyways and then everyone was i so saw i wasn't reading the book right and then all of a sudden <laughs> it was like yeah this is by midori snyder i was like oh shit i love her books <laughs> so i stole my friend's copy because she finished reading it already and i just read it in like a night Okay, there you go. I have a second question for you then. How many books have you read this year? Three. Oh, that's better than zero. It is. But also, <laughs> like, I read workbooks, like, for work stuff. I read mm. comics last year, so I wasn't counting those. Okay. <laughs> but if you notice my one book per month goal, mm -hmm. I didn't hit yeah. four. It, we're in May, yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> I have them. They're, like, right there next to okay. me. Like, you see the red cover? Yeah. That's the Serpent and Dove sequel. Oh, okay. I'm one chapter in. It was bad. So <laughs> I actually, I miscalculated the days of the month. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to finish this. Because you know I like binge read. Mm, mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to read this weekend. And then I woke up Saturday. I'm like, oh, it's the first. Yeah. Whoops. May did come fast. Yeah. And yeah, Easter took everything. Oh, time away. Like, <laughs> I was so busy. But yeah, no, I will. I said ish, luckily, in that. <laughs> so I could catch up later. Sure. Yeah. I'll find a Dr. Seuss book. That's likely to happen. I mean, <laughs> it could. You'll find a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> but yeah. But no, the three books I've read this year are A Lady of Rivers, 
The Bone Crier's Moon, and Serpent and Dove. Oh, okay. And now I'm reading the sequel to Serpent and Dove, then the sequel to Bone Crier's Moon, <laughs> and then like the sequel to Serpent and Dove comes out in June. Mm. Oh, you better hurry up then. You know, I read like <laughs> hundreds of pages a day when I do. Oh, yeah. I'm, lis- I'm listening to Arsenic and Adobo right now Ooh. by Mia Manatella. Yeah, I don't know how you people like breeze through books so fast. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Like you are so in your audiobooks, like and audiobooks mm-hmm. are so hard for me to conceptualize and Yeah, I had to train my brain to use to re- listen to audiobooks though. It wasn't at first it was hard. But yeah. I was also just like on the road a lot, so <laughs> And see like when I'm driving, I'm like I need music or podcasts. I finally trained my brain mm-hmm. to podcasts and I realized what So I always thought podcasts were just people talking about stuff. No. I need this podcast where I know the people and are having a talk show format. So it really helped me for this. Mm. So if you're listening to this in the car, driving somewhere, comment below and let me know that the cycle continued. Not while you're driving, though. Yeah, not while you're driving. But... <laughs> Wait until you stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So are you ready for the rapid fire question portion? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... I say rapid fire, but everyone goes on a tangent during this, so whatever. (laughs) I don't care. What are your chosen coping skills? My chosen coping skills? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like baking? Is that what you mean? I mean, it could be. It's just skills. Okay, the way I frame this at work is anything you do to make yourself happy when you're not happy. Okay, yeah. I love to bake, and then I love to eat what I've baked. (laughs) (laughs) And you cook, like, the most interesting things. Thanks. Follow Sarah on Instagram, and you'll see all her creations. Yeah. My Instagram is all food. Um, yeah. that and A volleyball, of course, is a, um, a stress reliever for me. I haven't been able to play it as much uh, since, you know, the pandemic, because I play indoor mostly. Um, I do remember I in college, I went to the doctor and he was like, your blood pressure is really low. Not like super low, just like it's low, right? Like it's not high is what oh. he meant. And I was like, yep. And he's like, isn't it finals week? And I was like, yeah. It's <laughs> like, what do you do for stress relief? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't get that stressed. And then I was like, and I play volleyball. He's like, oh yeah, spikes can really break, um, you know, help you handle some stress. So I was like, oh yeah, I guess that does help. <laughs> wow. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm pretty low-key. I don't really get super stressed or super um, upset or emotional. I mean, I do, like, internally, but not. I don't express my emotions a lot. <laughs> well, I would not tell that because it always seems like you're having a fun time when you're visible. Yeah. Which is, what I guess, what most people are saying and doing. And that's what the Instagram effect is about all the time. <laughs> but whatever. I thought it was because your life is so lined out on spreadsheets that it was just clear. That does help. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it calms you down. So maybe that could be a coping skill. But it's for your sure. skill. So you decide. I can't say it for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Using wanna... Excel sheets does help me. Yeah. Um it, well, it helps me organize information. And that's like any complicated problem, that's the first step to dealing with it is organizing your information. So, nice. Okay. So, back to the questions because mm-hmm. I'm so bad at rapid firing these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a side, Lancaster or York? 
I don't know. I don't. What is that? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? It's just pick a side. Lancaster. I'm sure. Okay. It's the War of the Roses. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no one has known what it is yet. Uh huh. And if I actually am releasing this chronologically, people, which it may not be. So depending on who has what to promote. <laughs> but so far, we are now three Lancasters, two Yorks. Okay. So that's exciting. Where do you stand <laughs> on the Oxford comma? Uh, 100% for. Yes. Oxford comma stan for life. And that is universal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I told you to bring a pie to pie day, what kind of pie would you bring? Probably blueberry or French silk. One or the other, depending on how much time I had. French silk. It's like a really velvety, like chocolate pudding kind of layer. Um, and then it's got like a whipped cream topping. I made it last year for Mother's Day, but it does take a lot of time and effort. Oh, look at that. Sarah does bake everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is an innocent phrase that you mistakenly or subconsciously weaponized? An innocent phrase that I weaponized. Oh, in college, <laughs> somehow with my roommates, moving furniture became code for having sex. Oh, I don't, I don't know how it happened. Um, oh, I do know how it happened. They're like, oh, you and this person were really loud in the living room the other day. I was like, yeah, we were moving furniture, and they're like, oh, is that what you call it? I don't, and so that's just what it became. Wow. Yeah. That is not the answer I expected. <laughs> I would like everyone to know, I wrote this question because of Sarah. What was that? Read is the... one book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was, yeah. That was an accident. <laughs> an innocent phrase that was weaponized. Yeah, it was weaponized against me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Still weaponized, and we use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's a trend that went too far? What's a trend that went too far? Um, planking. Do you remember when everyone was like yes, planking all over the place? Yeah, that was pretty annoying. I never understood it. The Harlem Shake was a lot more interesting because <laughs> that was at the same time. Yeah. Do you remember owling? Oh yeah, that wasn't. It didn't have as long of a tail though. What? I didn't, it didn't last as long. Oh, that's what you meant. I was thinking like an actual tail of an owl. <laughs> no. Compared to a snake. <laughs> no, but you're right. Um, if you could rule an established country or territory in this world, where and why? Hmm. Established? Probably France. Ooh. Why? The wine and cheese is really the answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Food I'm a very simple person. <laughs> <laughs> well, live your ratatouille life. They have lavender fields too. Bonus. I'm staying at a lavender farm. I'll tell you about it later. Oh, that's I'm so excited. Lovely. Yeah. Um, if you were a pageant contestant or a large platform holder, what would your philanthropy or cause be? Oh goodness. Oh man, that's a hard question. I don't, I don't know. I think it would probably be something environmental. Okay. Because I feel like a lot of different issues all come back to environmental issues. Nice. 
I would like the listeners to know I'm waiting for someone to just say world peace. (laughs) (laughs) Just one day. World peace. Yep. What avatar nation would you come from? Oh, I don't know. So there's Fire Nation, the Earth Kingdom, the Air Nomads, or the Water Tribe. I've always really identified strongly with water element, like in all formats. Same. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't really know anything about astrology. Like, I read my horoscope, but I don't know anything about it. Um, But so probably water just because I feel I always feel drawn to water elemental things. Speaking of which, everyone, you can't see it because it's a podcast, but it's definitely my water tribe shirt on right now. Uh, yeah water hoodie or jacket whatever (laughs) i don't know if you could hear that because i definitely turned around but i'm definitely wearing water tribe um who would play you in a documentary or movie about your life oh man why are these questions so hard (laughs) because i like to see how people handle stress i don't there's so few act like femme actresses or actors that are as tall as I am. So it's a hard question to answer because they're all like five, three. Um, True. I don't, I really like, what is her name from the heart locker? She's a redhead though. You know what I'm talking about? No. Jessica Chastain, I think. Oh, she was in a bunch of movies. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I was just talking about her the other day. No, I know exactly who she is, though. I always get her and Bryce yeah, Dallas and Hollis work. Okay. Always, like, they're merged as one in my head, but they're not the same person. One was in Twilight. Oh, it's not the Hurt Locker. <laughs> what is it that I'm thinking of, then? Oh, man. It was another movie that had similar aesthetics to the Hurt Locker. Anyway. Yeah. I'm like Googling, trying to figure it out. <laughs> no, and I'm giving you the time. This is important. She was in, let's see, Zero Dark Thirty. It's loading. You're good. Zero Dark Thirty, Molly's Game, Interstellar. None of these sound right. But anyway, it is, I well, I think she's great. And she has like this kind of like no-nonsense attitude that I really like. Yeah. How tall are you? That you're saying that you need someone tall. I'm only 5'8", but actresses are short. Yes. Okay. I only ask that because I know other feminine people uh, who are six-something. And that's mm-hmm. always their thing. They're like, oh, no one's ever as tall as me. Meanwhile, I'm 5'5", five five, so. <laughs> I'm the shortest person in my family, too. So. Ooh. But then I'm usually, like, like the tallest in social circles. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, what, last question, what is your ideal five minutes of fame? Oh my gosh. Telling people to read one book. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I think, I think I would like to go viral for a joke because I think I'm really funny and I just want everyone to know how funny I am. (laughs) To be fair, (laughs) read one book was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) After the fact. (laughs) True, because I didn't know you then. (laughs) But once someone told me the story, I was like, really? People are offended by this? (laughs) Yeah. I single-handedly ruined literature. (laughs) That is what you say all the time. Yeah. Did someone tweet that to you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's, that's why you're involved in so many things. You're trying to, I don't know, not accommodate, make up. I might as, I might as well set fire to the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> might as well just change the landscape forever. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so are some wild days. This is the end of the question portion. Is there anything mm-hmm. you want to say to the listeners or viewers? And feel free to just self-promote. Exa- you know what to do. You tell people to do this every other week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're interested in publishing at all, um, check out Pump Talk Live and Agent Chat Live if you're a querying author, soon to be querying author. And same with Query's Qualms and Quirks, which is my podcast uh, for querying or soon to be querying authors. And, um, and then if you are just like a reader, the virtual events newsletter is great. Um, and I'm interested to see how virtual events will go once people start returning to in person. I'm imagining there probably won't be as many, but we'll see what happens. And, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) <laughs> and even if you're not close to publishing or seeking an agent or querying, Agent Talk Live is like some of the most fun conversations. <laughs> <laughs> like anything that Sarah puts on is just super fun, everyone. So <laughs> check you. out everything. Subscribe to that newsletter that you'll hear familiar names and faces on. And yeah. Yeah. And there's a Patreon. Oh, yeah. Patreon.com slash Live. You can support for as little as a dollar a month. Um, all the various things that I do. And once I hit 25 supporters, which I'm very close, um, yes. we're going to have like a monthly Q&A video chat. So hopefully that happens soon. And some of us have been waiting. So please join <laughs> so we can get it. Yes. Because <laughs> I saw yeah. when that goal changed. <laughs> yeah. I changed it to a number because like the, because it was originally a dollar amount, but that was when I, the most you could support was like $10 a month. Um, and so it just like didn't make sense <laughs> to have a chat with like 10 people or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. I would have felt exclusive. Oh, <laughs> getting Hopefully insider knowledge for, um, I'm not, I don't even have a manuscript people. Well, I do. I did enter <laughs> pitch wars, but yeah, <laughs> obviously it's not workable because I wasn't a winner. Quote, quote. Only 3% are winners in pitch wars. So that's not, <laughs> <laughs> I forget. You know all these stats. Yeah. I'm I'm the numbers person. <laughs> the numbers person, the tech person. Mm-hmm. Well, not a- Gail is our tech person, but I'm the second secondary tech person. Gail is our friend in the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gail's amazing too, and she stops by on things, everyone. Literally. Yeah, she's great. Everyone, she's- Sarah touch everywhere the Sarah's influence touches. Like pitch wars would would not run without Gail. <laughs> so, well, all right. So, thank you everyone for tuning in tonight. Do you know anything else to say? No, we've gone for ninety minutes. So I think <laughs> I've said a lot. Still not the longest one. <laughs> all right, but you want to say your thing. Everyone, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask, and we'll see you next time. Woo! And we're out. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.